Blog Talk Radio. When you clap your hands right here, come on. My God reigns. Lord God, 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord God. We thank you because you reign, Lord God. All our life belongs to you, Father. Father, we shouldn't fear who can take our life, but who can also take it and place us into damnation. Father, we ask your forgiveness, Lord God. For quite some time, Lord Father, we have been taught to do things the wrong way, not as your ecclesia, Lord Father, but as a church. Father, allow your Holy Spirit to speak, Lord God, and to teach, Lord Father, what it truly means to be the bride of Christ. Father, we thank you for each and every person that our life touches. We ask, Lord God, that you continue to work in the lives of the people who have been devastated by the floods and storms, even the storms of life. Father, you are still God, and you are a great God. There's nothing else can be said about that except we love, honor, and fear you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, Father, our Lord and Savior, who you gave, Lord God, as a sacrifice for our sins. And, Father, we also thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that leads and guides us to all truth. Father, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. I want to thank you for tuning in to uh, Kingdom Awareness Bible Study. I'm your host, Mark Fields, and I just wanted to uh, uh, try to clear some things up. I, I, I guess like you could say I'm feeling some kind of way, but I'm feeling nothing but all with God and his word and through the leading of his Holy Spirit. You know, I often talk and teach, and this is probably going to not be um, this this covered as full teaching, but we were talking about the commandments of Christ. We're talking about, and that was the original intention, was to teach about what are the commandments of Christ. But then the Holy Spirit started revealing things and, and showing me things. It was like, how can anyone understand what the commandments of Christ are if they are not yet understanding of what they are? Like wow, so I began to study and I began to uh, pray and, and think and reflect and just think about how really like the song that that we we just played, how true it is that Jesus reigns, God God reigns. But see, being the ecclesia, which most people believe is just a church, um, the question that I asked in the beginning, even as I titled this, was, can a church be divided? So I asked multiple people, can a church be divided? And they overwhelmingly came up with, yes, a church can be divided. So then I looked at the scriptures and realized that that couldn't be what Jesus was talking about then if he said that uh, upon this rock I'll build my church. It couldn't be church. It couldn't be that. couldn't be what Jesus was talking about because he later said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against this. And we'll get to those scriptures as well. But I wanted to start by clearing up, you know, a few things because I need us to understand who we are as the Ecclesia of Christ before we can even understand the commandments of Christ. And I started thinking about this morning, I was reflecting and thinking about how Jesus went to and found each and every and, and handpicked his disciples, just like he said that I chose you, you didn't choose me. That's good. And he went and handpicked each disciple, and they followed him, and they went with him, and they believed in him and things like that. But don't think it probably wasn't uh, he had to let them understand who they were, because remember, these guys were fishermen and things like that, and they left everything to go follow Jesus for some reason. Think about that. For some reason, they dropped everything and said, let me follow this guy. Let me follow it. Let me follow him. Well, of course, you do know that they did know the Old Testament, and they had um, synagogues and things like that, and they they knew what the word was 
far as the Old Testament and understanding what the Old Testament is, it for it spoke of the coming of, of this Savior, spoke of coming of Christ. But I want to understand to help us further define John 14 and 15 when he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I, I kind of got into a discussion with somebody the other day um, about this, and it was pretty it was pretty uh, disturbing to find out that people really disregard sin and don't think that they have any uh, uh, obligation not to or, or, or um, that it doesn't matter what they did. And these are all these crazy preachers and teachings that people teach out there that just further destroy what the ecclesia of Christ really is. But there needs to be a comprehension of exactly what Christ is saying and what God said regarding our relationship with him in Christ. See, what the, the established religion or the church philosophy or the, quote, church mentality has done, not only did it translate wrong, I've, I've read some things and some history about that and how uh, Martin Luther wanted the name to be kept Ecclesia in the church and in the Bible um, to help them understand what Jesus was talking about it, but they didn't want that there. They wanted the word church. Why? Because it was the establishment of the Church of Rome or the Catholicism Church or the Catholic Church, and they sought out to kill Martin Luther because he was preaching something that, that went against what they believed in. Now, if a church can't be divided, or, or I'm sorry, if a church can be divided, then guess what? This is the epitome of what division is. Paul spoke about all these things, too. So what this established religion system has done is nullify and make the word of God and of Christ uh, work void in their life, legally, because they choose it. Legally void. And the commandments are no importance. After all, Jesus paid it all, right? Because teaching that grace and faith is just as enough, and that sin no longer exists because Christ paid it all, is reckless, dangerous, and irresponsible. That was not the meaning um, that Christ meant when he said, think that, think not that I have come uh, to destroy the law or the prophets. I've come, I have not come to destroy but to fulfill. And there's many uh, 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 preachings and teachings that people talk about grace, and, 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 and grace is true, and grace is relevant to the ecclesia, and so is faith is relevant and important to the ecclesia. But if you don't have the full story, then you'll continue to just walk, and no big deal. Or all I got to do is just have faith. When faith has those two things that you always hear me minister about, it has evidence and it has substance. But if you truly love Jesus and desire to follow him in total obedience, you must seriously consider and understand the position that we currently find ourselves. We have so many, what, over tens of thousands of different denominations. You got Muslims hating Christians. You, you got Jews hating Gentiles, which was just like back in the uh, biblical times when they hated Samaritan, Samaria. And Jesus gave the parable about the Good Samaritan. There was division. There was division. And there's still division. There are people, well, we don't believe like they believe, so we created our own because we believe that we believe is right. Or what we believe is right. And then the other ones are saying, no, well, we believe that what we believe is right, so we're not going to listen to what they believe. We're going to believe and create something different. You even got people rewriting the Bible, rewriting the scriptures, taking things in, putting stuff out, and all kinds of things. And then we had this translator. What I keep trying to get people to understand, I've been trying to get people to understand that for years, is that many words just didn't translate. One of those words was ecclesia, which people knew exactly what the ecclesia was, and the called out assembly of God, but this turned right now into a church. Now, if a church can be divided, was that what Christ talking about? If the kingdom of God is a government, and a government can't exist without laws, and a commandment is a law, and his laws are for the ecclesia, then exactly what were Jesus' commandments? Now, we're not going to get into them because I, I, I got them listed and scriptures backing them and things like that, but I doubt we'll get into them today. 
Because what we have to understand, while I know that my teaching of the truth concerning the kingdom of God and all things Christ is going to separate people from the truth. It's going to separate people because they're not going to want to hear it. Acts 7 and 51, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. But it also have people repent, believe and follow Christ, just like Mark chapter 118, and straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. See, Jesus and the scriptures are explicitly clear about what is expected of us. But our expectation now only goes as far as Sunday, Wednesday, and our obligations just to that one building or that one uh, uh, arena that we operate in. But we operate these days in a singular capacity. I was talking to my wife about it the other day. We, we operate in a singular capacity. We're, we're, we no longer are the ecclesia because everything belongs to one. My anointing, uh, her anointing, his anointing, his gift. We never look at it as a collection of a community or assembly of called out assembly or called out uh, body. Now, what we're doing is synagoguing. Espionage, espionage, the same word uh, came out of that, but um, it, it, the, the, the word for uh, forsake not the fellowship of the brethren was synagoguing, which means that there's nothing wrong with a community center, because look at the church today. Look at the, the church. I'm not talking about the ecclesia. I'm, church today is a place where people get married. We have parties there. We have concerts there. Uh, um, we have uh, uh, what is it? Funerals there. We have uh, um, con convocations there. We have baptisms there. It's a community center at best. Nothing wrong with a community center, but you got to acknowledge that that's what it is. But the problem is now is we pay more attention to the building than the body. Because of our vow, uh, a vigorous and, and revolting nature, we have magnified the place where, where we were taught and we teach others to worship the creature more than the creator. And that manifests itself in a man-made, notice I said man-made abomination that we call going to church. And that does not edify the ecclesia. Romans chapter 1, 24 through 25. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness, to the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, I do want you to understand, now let me be very, very clear. I am not against having regular assemblies of the Ecclesia. And if you have to, use a building for the purpose of building the Ecclesia. But what I am against is the pagan rituals and practices and the musical concerts and everything else that's held in there, and we call it uh, church service. I'm against that. Let me tell you why. I'm against that because what we did was make a mockery. Of the ecclesia, we've changed the truth of God. We changed the, the 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 ecclesia of God into a church. And as scripture after scripture, I've been sitting here reading the Bible for weeks now, and and looking up the ecclesia and and how that word church didn't even supposed to be translated in there. So it had me start digging. The Holy Spirit was like, "Keep going, keep going," and I kept digging and kept digging and realized that wow. There's only about three scriptures in the entire Bible that accurately describes the Ecclesia of Christ. That actually describes it. But I am also against the false prophets and teachers and, and preachers and, and all these people that live inside this going to church concept. I'm against that too. But you know what? It, it kind of makes perfect sense if you think about it. Because Christ is head of the Ecclesia. He's not head of the church. Oh, my God, I'm getting excited. This is good stuff. He, he, he's, he, he, he didn't create a church. He, he didn't create a church as we know it. And we sit there and say, oh, we're the church. If we're the church, then why do we have so many different beliefs about what Jesus said? If Jesus preached one message, the kingdom of God, and he said, go preach this, 
to other nations. That's going to be key later on in our study. He, he, he said, preach this to other nations. So our obligation and one of, one of our commandments of Jesus was for us to go out into the world and let other people see the love of Christ, right? Now, so let me put, let me, oh, this is good. Let me do it this way. Let's say, I'm going to take my wife, for example. Now, let's say my wife leaves the house, and she's raggedy, and she's smelly and doesn't wash and don't have clean clothes on, and, and, and she's out there, and she's begging and, and doing all these things, um, and she's supposed to be a representation of me, which is why she took my last name, which is why that's in place like that it is, because she gave up her name. Oh, this is good stuff. She gave up her name to take my name, so when she's out there representing fields, that means she represents me. So us being the ecclesia or the bride of Christ have to represent Christ in the world. So that way when other people see us, they see Christ. Oh, you're not hearing me. But see, what happens is even from times of old, if you actually look up and find out how many people slaughtered and killed others in the name of Jesus or in the name of God, it would disturb you. It would disturb you how Adolf Hitler considered himself a Christian and he did all those things to the Jewish people to try to erase the Jews. It would disturb you how we look at our society today and we see that certain white people think they're a better class than black people. It would disturb you that we look down on the immigrants and we look down on everybody else when everybody is an immigrant to this country in the first place. It would disturb you how we elect leaders that we know are liars and thieves and we put them, but that's like the Bible said. The Bible said they wanted a king, so God was like, okay, go ahead and let your king. And then it ended up virtually destroying them. That can't be the ecclesia. It cannot be the ecclesia or the church to back such immoral things. So Jesus could not have been talking about this. We have so many different divisions among the, quote, church. So I am against those practices. But like I said, it makes perfect sense because man is head of the church building, so he's the one that created it, so he operates it however he sees fit. Now think about that. However, we must get this for the sake of actually becoming, belonging, and being the ecclesia, which is truly our business, instead of going to a church uh, building to perform actions that on the surface appear to be for the service of God. I am against the building becoming more valuable and more sacred than the ecclesia or the people that use it. I am against that. And you should be too. I remember growing up, um, I went to church with my sister, and um, we went to the we went to the uh, uh, um, her her local uh, church, and um, what it, what it said was, uh, I was standing on the pulpit. While I was on the pulpit, someone told me, "Oh, you got to get down from there. That's holy ground." Confused me, but I got down. Now, what has ended up happening is that holy ground became that building. We, oh, my God, this is good stuff. We, we complain or fight more when somebody destroys a building than somebody destroys a person. We're up in arms when somebody go in there and rob a building, but we say nothing when somebody's robbing somebody in the community. We say nothing when somebody's beating somebody or destroying somebody. We say nothing except when it happens to this building. Well, after all, it is a 501c organization, which means that it belongs to the government, so we protect it more than we protect people. It just makes no sense of how we have changed this world, and we're supposed to impact the world. But we can't impact the world if all we do is sit inside a pew on Sunday mornings. And our light doesn't shine no further than that. I'm touching somebody because think about it. Your actions during the week does not reflect that you're the ecclesia. 
You'll cuss people out. You won't give the people, but on Sunday, you're a saint. Amos chapter 5, and I read this to you before. Uh, um, they were talking about the day of the Lord coming and how grateful they was and, and all these things that they were going to do. In Amos chapter 5 and 21, and the Lord says, I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Ye offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, and I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, or um, for I will not hear the melody of the violas. Let judgment run down as waters, and righteousness is a mighty stream. Have you offered unto me sacrifice and offerings in the wilderness for forty years, O house of Israel? But ye have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch, and shun your images, the star of your God, small g, ye which ye have made to yourselves. Therefore, I will cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus, uh, saith the Lord, whose name is the God, capital G, of hosts. Now, if you look at what happened to us, we did the same thing. We created our own tabernacles. We created our own synagogues. And it's just so unfortunate that now we worship the pastors. The pastor became more sacred, more protected than everybody else in the body. And you tell me, is the church divided? There are people that sitting in the pews that can't even pay their rent. They can't pay their mortgage. They can't pay their life. But then they're shunned if they don't give to support the building or the pastor. Oh, we got this thing backwards. I am against the building becoming more valuable and more sacred than the, the ecclesia or the people that use it. See, when we don't know or don't care about the difference between the assembly of Christ and the church and, and see how it's detrimental to our spiritual growth and direction, that means we're lost. We continue to be lost. And way beyond Damascus or the wilderness uh, experience, the word church itself, which translates, oh, let me just do it this way. When you practice something where you don't know where it came from, do you think you should be held accountable? Or if you reject the truth when someone's telling you the truth, are you held accountable? See, now there are some things. I remember as they used to pray, and this prayer used to say, Lord, forgive me um, of my sins of omission and commission, um, the sins that I know and the sins that I don't know that I'm committing, um, which, which goes to speak to the fact that if I am not diligent and study like the word says, study and show yourself approved, which is a commandment, by the way, study to show yourself approved, um, that I might be a workman, you know, that I might be be, be eligible and, and, and approve what is right. Um, I don't choose to study because I'd rather have somebody study for me. See, the word church, which translate, translates, uh, out of Ecclesia comes from the Greek word uh, kairikos. Kairikos means something that belongs to the Lord or, or the Lord's or, or belongs to God. So the original meaning of church was speaking about something associated and marking something associated with being or belonging to, to God. Now, there's a deeper translation because that's where the K and the E-K-L and all those things come from. But the word church never was supposed to translate as the ecclesia, two separate things. The word church and, and the assembly were two separate things. Now, now the synagogue, which where they congregated at, was the community center, um, which they did a lot of things in there. Now, also what we did was re-erect. The buildings that were destroyed. We re-erected these things. You remember when Paul, um, what is it, Paul, uh, Peter, James, and John uh, went to Transfiguration Hill? And a uh, matter of fact, let me just go to the scripture um, so that way I can give you exactly what it is. Give me a second. Okay, now, when you look at Matthew, let's go to Matthew uh, chapter 17. 
Let's go to Matthew chapter 17. Uh, we're going to start at verse 1. And I want you to see something, how, how, how zealous we get sometimes, which sometimes we do. It says, after six days, Jesus taking Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bring him up to a high mountain apart, uh, and he was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with them. And then Peter answered and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and beheld a voice out of the cloud which says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were so afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus. They didn't see anybody else. Oh, this is good stuff. What, you, what we don't understand, what Jesus just, uh, um, what the disciples, or Peter, James, and John just witnessed, was Jesus uh, fulfilling the law and of the prophets. Moses and Elijah. The Moses the law, Elijah the prophet. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish it or do away with it. I came to fulfill it. Oh, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. So, so the 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 ecclesia of who we're supposed to be, supposed to be greater than what we are now in our impact, supposed to be greater than building in a bigger building. Our impact supposed to be the church should be a revolving door. And most churches today, I've heard it said that all we do is change members. You don't like what this person said or this person did, you go to another church. You don't like what this person said or how they operate, you go to another church. And people are always walking around saying, i got to find me a church home. Well, that comment alone lets you know that they really have no idea who they are. 1 John 4, 4 through 6. Ye are of God, little children, and ye have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of they are of the world, they speak, they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Have you ever heard somebody preaching or teaching and it just vexed your spirit, and you just were bothered by it? It was like, this makes no sense. Oh, that scripture's out of context. Oh, my God. And it bothers you because your spirit cannot bear witness with a lie. Oh, that's just crazy. See, it was only through the manipulation of organized religion that the word church replaced the ecclesia. Later, the church became a place where believers met to worship. Now, wait a minute. Does that not make any sense? Does that make any sense? You had people that was in the Bible um, that were getting killed, not because they worshipped in a church, but because they worshipped God, period. But now the church is the place where believers meet to worship. And finally, uh, of the people who met at the place, um, and more severely, the place, where all sorts of things far from God happen. You got the, oh, this is disturbing. You got the church on the news for corruption. You got the church on the news for scandals. You have the church on the news for raping little boys and girls. You have the church on the news because they're sleeping with this one or sleeping with that one or, or falling out. Now, you can say, oh, well, they weren't the church. We're the church. How much scandals have we been through? 
See, and that's where obedience comes in at. That's where obeying the commandments comes in at. Jesus has commandments, and we're going to break those down. There's probably about eight different categories of Jesus' commandments that we're going to go through. But what you need to understand is that going through these scriptures um, with Jesus' commandments, we're going to have to understand first who we are in proper context. We have been satisfied. With the concert, we've been satisfied with the singing. We've been satisfied with an, anim, uh, animation in the pulpit. We've been satisfied with the robes. We've been satisfied with the rings. We've been satisfied with the gold chalices because us, that signifies God, the greatness of God. Look how elaborate and look how good God is. Look at the TV screens that we have. But the Bible says, that they gave money unto the apostles and laid the money at the apostles' feet, and he gave it back out to each one have a need. Now, how can we be the ecclesia if everybody in the church needs aren't met? That's why the ecclesia was a congregation. It was an assembly of called-out people. It was assembling. They all were according to their need. Now, you got to think about it. If I'm a single man, my needs are not as great as a family of five. But because we have a singular mindset, we believe that positionally I should get more because of what I do. Oh, come on. I should get more because I'm a prophet. I should get more because I'm a pastor. I should get more because I'm a bishop. I should be get more because I'm this. I should be get more because I'm that. I should get more because I'm this. I am the choir director. I should get more. I, I, I'm a singer. I should get more. I, I'm, I'm a musician. I should get more. That has no place in the ecclesia of God. And scriptures do not back that up. That's a singular mindset. Jesus sent people out by twos. Oh, come on. We ain't going to get to that yet. We ain't going to get to that yet. The reason I teach this truth is to emphasize and help the ecclesia understand and know the importance of the word and its meaning and to be fully equipped and able to see the intention of the scriptures, the direction of the scriptures, and our place in the scriptures also to understand the kingdom of God in proper context. Now that foolish single-minded mentality has even filtered in to the pastors that preach the kingdom of God. Now if the kingdom of God teaches, teach the kingdom of God. We, we, I seen a post the other day, it was pretty funny. It was like when people clapping um, uh, because you mentioned the kingdom of God and have no idea what the kingdom of God is. It just became a cliche. Oh, this is good stuff. You, you have no idea what the kingdom of God is, so how can you fully understand what the scriptures is defining, what each parable is talking about? Because each parable was talking about the kingdom of God. It wasn't talking, I remember uh, someone telling me it was about a business that I was supposed to have, and, and it's talking about this, and it's talking about that, about your family, about your job, and the whole time it's talking about the kingdom of God. Now, us being the ecclesia, that means that the world is going to hate you. Because it hated Christ. That's what he said. But in order to understand the kingdom of God in proper context, you got to take a step back and understand that you are the ecclesia and the kingdom of God is promised to you. Oh, this is good stuff. Now, what is the kingdom of God? It's God's reign. Now, let me ask you a question. Does God's reign only um, minimize in that building? Or does it suppose to expand by the borders? Go out and teach all nations. But first, 2 Timothy 2, 15 and 16, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Oh, this is good stuff. Through studying the Greek words found in the New Testament, we can find that there is a deliberate pattern that will emerge in which God intends his people to follow and live by. That is called the Ecclesia system or the government of the kingdom of God, not church business. 
Oh, this is good. This is good. This, this, see, this teacher is not to cut anybody um, other than the false teachers, prophets, apostles, pastors, and whomsoever that understands this scriptural truth and turn from it and continue doing it the way they want to do it, believing that they know the truth. Think about that for a second. When you understand that you have said a great lie, and that great lie have enslaved us because of a religious system of men. You really understand Romans 1 and 28 when it says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over. There's that gave them over again to a reprobate mind to do those things which aren't convenient. The ecclesia belongs to the Lord. The Ecclesia speaks of a called-out congregation, a called-out assembly of people. Not a single one person as, as head of an establishment and called a church. My point being that, that we must always understand in terms of who, not what, or where, nor something we have as who we are. James chapter 2, 18 to 20. Yea, a man say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. And the devils also believe and tremble. But thou, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. After all, don't you want to know what God and Christ says about you concerning the called out assembly? We talked about faith before, but but there's much more there's more proof. Proof, faith is based on proof. Faith is not based on an illusion. Faith is based on proof. You don't want to believe me? Let me let me read it for you. Faith has the is defined. We always talk about, I've even heard people expound and talk about now faith, and now faith you believe now about things that you want to get, okay, all that now faith. But listen what the Bible describes faith to be in the same scripture. Hebrews chapter 11, 1 through 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. You see the description of faith? Substance and evidence. Isn't that proof? If being a witness of Christ which means that you, uh, which the apostle is, the person that witnessed, uh, uh, like we, we ministered uh, um, not too long ago, it's called what is an apostle. Um, that means that the apostle, description in the Bible was someone that witnessed the, the um, resurrected Christ. That was what the apostle was. That's what the Bible described it as. And we, we did the scripture, so I'm not going to go into it, but if you go to um, Four Kingdom Awareness or www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the number four kingdom awareness, look for the ministering on what is an apostle and listen to that with the scriptures. Write them down. Don't take my word for it. Write them down and go back and look at, look at it yourself. See, we're we in a singular mindset, that singular approach. So when we see faith, it's about something that I want to get. But yet this description of faith is talking about something greater than myself. No one is great by themselves. As the requirements of the ecclesia, we know that without this thing, faith, it's impossible to please God. It doesn't mean that your faith is something that you can't prove. Because if you look outside what faith was talking about, if you continue to read Hebrews chapter 11, what you'll see is that faith is talking about proof of God and substance of God existing without you actually seeing it being uh, manifested. Let me give you an example. Look outside and look at a tree. There's a God. Look at a bird. There's a God. Look at the grass. There's a God. 
Look at the animals. There's the God. Through faith, we understand. That's what it says, verse 3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So faith is talking about God. Oh, this is good stuff. The, the, the singular mindset. The singular mindset talks about faith as something that I have so I can get. But God says he gave every person a measure of faith. And a collective thing we need to understand uh, um, faith as important to the ecclesia of God. Matthew 18 and 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I in the midst of them. There I am in the midst of them. There I am in the midst of them. When how many? Two or three. Let's go. Let, that's, that, that's getting away from the singular mindset now. Now watch this. Ecclesiastes 4, 7-14. Then I returned and saw vanity under the sun. There is one alone, and there is not a second. Yea, he has neither child nor brother. Yet there is no end of all his labor. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Singular approach. Neither he said, he for whom I, I labor and bereave my soul of good. This is also vanity. Yea, it is a sore travail. Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fail or fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he have no another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Better is a poor and wise child than an old and foolish king. Who will no more be admonished? For out of prison he come to reign, whereas he also born in his kingdom becometh poor. When we don't care or don't know about the difference between the Ecclesia of Christ and what the church is, it's detrimental to our, our direction, our growth, because our focus would be on the church and not being the Ecclesia that we're supposed to be. Ephesians chapter 4, 14 through 24, that we hence that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and the cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body fitly joined together, and compacted by, by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part." Make an increase of the body unto edifying itself in love. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord. Remember, we talked about what a testimony is. Okay, let me keep going. Um, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from life of God through the ignorance that is in him, because the blindness of their heart. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work on uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye heard him and ye have been taught by him as the truth in Jesus, that you put off 
concerning the former conversations of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lies, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on a new man, which is after God, is created in righteousness and true holiness. So the question I have again is, can a church be divided? See, Jesus said, but if ye be of me, I'll be in you. That's what he said. And I will dwell with you as you dwell with me. Here, let me give you a a, a true translation of the word Ecclesia. Acts chapter 19, 39. But if ye inquire anything concerning other matters, it shall be determined by a lawful assembly, the ecclesia. Lawful assembly, ecclesia. Matthew, there's another one that's in there. How can I determine all this, that the ecclesia is something different to the church? Well, that scripture right there just told me it, because the lawful assembly, assembly is the ecclesia. Well, one other way, before we read Matthew, is because... The church that we know it today describes so many different groups of people. That would include this as the church. Now watch this. Scientology has a church. The goddess movement has a church. Healing has a church. Neo-Druism has a church. New Age Secretism has a church. Echo-Paganism has a church. The occult has a church. Ethnic mysticism has a church. LGBT has a church. Paganism has a church. Reconstruction has a church. Wicca has a church. Witchcraft has a church. Along with 10,000 Christian churches. All of them divided. But now, if the church can be divided, then this next scripture, which is my last scripture for the day, cannot be describing the church, but the ecclesia. Matthew sixteen thirteen through 19. When Jesus came to the cope of Caesarea Philippi, he, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, I'm, I'm going to give you that scripture in two different manners, but let's just do it this way. And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some say Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But to whom ye say I am? And Simon Peter answered, and said, You know what, let me I gotta stop. I gotta go back. You know, the Muslims believe that Jesus was a prophet. There are uh, other sects and religions that I read that they believe he was a prophet also. But I know the Muslims I just heard Farrakhan speak the other day um, about something. I can't believe about something was going on. Um, but I, I listened to him, and I heard one of the things he said was Jesus was a prophet. So even here you see separation. You got the disciples saying that there are other people that don't believe that you are the son of God. Okay, there we go. I just wanted to clear that up. Um, he said, but whom do you say I am? And Simon Peter said, Thou art the Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee um, the, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever shall be loosed on earth and, and loosed in heaven. Now, also in that, he said, upon this foundation, I'll build my church. I'll build my, well, if you translate that word correctly, it means esionaji, or synagogue. That's what that word right there means, esionaji, or synagogue. But guess what? Jesus was not talking about building a synagogue, was he? He wasn't talking about building a building or setting up a denomination or a cult or an occult or anything else. He was talking about his ecclesia. So that word church right there should be talking about the ecclesia. Now I'm going to give you another, the same scripture um, where Jesus was talking and he was speaking directly to the ecclesia 
in the way the scripture should have been read and interpreted. Matthew, same thing, 16, 13 through 19. Now when Jesus uh, 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 yes, uh, came unto the parts of Caesarea Philippi, and he said unto his disciples, saying, Who do men say the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Immerser, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said but unto them, But who do you say I am? And Simon Petros, the small stone, answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto you, but my Father who is heaven. And I also say unto you that you are Petros, the small stone, but in this Petra, the unconquerable fortress, I will edify my ecclesia, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against her. Now, I'm sorry, i got to give you a couple more scriptures. The Petra, he said, but in this Petra, upon this rock I'll build my church, which translates to the word Petra, which is the unconquerable mountain fortress, is what that word means. Now, there is, uh, uh, the church was built on the Catholic religion being given, or the church given to Peter. So now we have all these, these Peter the first, Peter this, Peter that, Peter this, Peter third, Peter fourth, Peter this, because they believe that this scripture was given to the Catholic Church, which means the universal church, um, given to Peter, and upon this foundation of thinking it was Peter, that Jesus was going to build his church. Now, if you look at that when he said, I will edify my ecclesia by this unconquerable mountain, you'll start to understand the scriptures like Psalms 18 and 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. This is, this is good stuff. This is good. Think about how that sounds now. Jesus said, upon this revelation, Peter, little stone, small, small Petros, I will build the unconquerable mountain forest, uh, a fortress where I'll edify my ecclesia. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against her. Her. Listen. Psalms 18 and 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Now, before that translation, it read, Jehovah is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I will take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. This unconquerable mountain fortress that God revealed to Peter was that Jesus is the son of the living God. Oh, this is good stuff. And Psalms chapter 71 and 2. Deliver me in your righteousness and rescue me. Bow down your ear unto me and save me. Be you to me a rock of habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. You have given commandments to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. You are my Petra. Hallelujah. You are my Petra. I will build my ecclesia or edify my ecclesia based off that. Hallelujah. And since he said the gates of Hades shall not prevail against his ecclesia. He couldn't be talking about a church. Part one is over. Hallelujah. Amen, God. Hallelujah. It's good stuff. 
the ecclesia. You are the ecclesia of Christ. You are the bride of Christ. We got to represent him. How are we going to represent him? Like the scripture that I gave you first, the very first one, John 14 and 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. We're going to stop right there. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Lord God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for everything. We bless you and we love you. have just tuned in to Kingdom Awareness Radio with your host, Pastor Mark A. Fields of Kingdom Life Ministries International. Call us at 803-940-8928. Again, the number is 803-940-8928. Or email us at kingdomlifeministries.klm at gmail.com. Again, the email address is kingdomlifeministries.klm at gmail.com. And remember, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God bless you. Good night, and thank you for tuning in.